Good evening, IT entrepreneurs, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Joe Panateri, content czar for AfterNines.com. Thanks for joining us each Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern and sometimes in between. Before I introduce tonight's guest, I'd like to thank tonight's sponsor, Matthew Brenneman, attorney at law. From startup to sale, reach out to Matthew Brenneman for the legal guidance your business needs. Visit BrennemanLawFirm.com. That's BrennemanLawFirm.com. Now, on to podcast episode 11, my conversation with Steve Furman, CEO of Cloud Nation Incorporated. We'll discuss how Steve acquired the company, the art of due diligence and what questions to ask during an M&A process, and finally, how to build a successful business hosting applications in Amazon's cloud. Tell us, when did you first become aware that, that this might be a, a business you want to acquire, and then what were the steps to acquire it? So, yeah, I, I, it's probably a really – I think it's a really good story. So we were selling online data backup for over 13 years, one of the – I guess I've been called the pioneer in the backup business or yep. the grandfather, as they taught me, in the backup business. I've even been called the busiest man in backup, as a matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> by, by the backup channel. So we – um. You know, I was doing online data backup for clients, and over the years, I started wondering what's really next. You know, what's coming down the pike? Where, sure. where, where's it all going to go? And we started saying, well, the next thing after online data backup, after restoring or getting yourself back to where you were, is you know, really business continuity, disaster recovery. And this is right around the time when you know Sandy was hitting, and 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 I, you know, all the the hurricanes and the bad storms were hitting in the Northeast, and. We had built some what I called Vork or Virtual Office Recovery Center. And what it was, what we would do online data backups to our data center. Mm -hmm. We would then restore them on a nightly basis. And if someone declared disaster, we would go ahead and build up a front-end server, either a terminal server or a Citrix front-end server, and they can log in and work from last night's backup, which nice. was great. Beautiful. But, but clunky, <laughs> little clunky, a little, you know, too yeah. manual, wasn't automated enough. Right. Um, so that wasn't working. So about six, yeah, six and a half, almost seven years ago now, we started building a VMware environment with, um, you know, a VMware cluster. Mm -hmm. And we had like four or five clients on it. And that was awesome. And it was kind of a, a next step up because they just lived in that environment and they ran everything off there. And we called it, you know, our true virtual office recovery center. Right. Um, and, and this is seven, six, seven years ago? Yes. That, you see, that's impressive. Uh, I, I think most of our listeners, uh, the vast majority, are, are uh, the stages or the steps you're talking about. I bet you the, the majority of our listeners are only going through those steps or stages in the last 18 months, give or take. So you're way ahead of the curve. But even <laughs> even back then, I can I can see the wheels turning in your head. Even back then, you're thinking, how do I get this whole thing up in the cloud, huh? Well, I'm thinking automation yeah. is what I'm thinking <laughs> because right. while it was great, you know, uh, Exchange 2007 wasn't multi-tenant. So that was another stumbling block yep. we ran yep. across. And, you know, th it, there's a nice thing about being an entrepreneur and being a leader um, in it. But there's also, you know, you, you take the fall for yeah, uh, trying to arrows. figure it all out. Yeah, yep. you take the arrows. Exactly. So that wasn't working. So I said, well, you know, there's got to be somebody else out there that's thinking like I'm thinking. I can't be the only guy on earth that, that has this thought. Right. And I went looking and I found a company uh, actually out of the UK that had built basically the environment we have but had a lot of funding mm -hmm. and wrote control panel software. And we signed a contract uh, five years ago to start hosting our virtual desktops with this, this provider. Yep, okay. So everything was great. And things were rocking. We put up 400 desktops in a, in, in a very short order in like a year, a little over maybe a year and a quarter. 
And then they started having some issues with their back end where things were going down and they weren't upgrading it in a fast enough fashion. Then they get acquired by a huge conglomerate. Um, and now they're really, you know, as far as I'm, as far as I can see, not paying enough attention to yeah. what, what matters to me, which is my client's data and my client's applications and everything else. Yeah. So I started thinking, well, gee, this is, uh, this isn't working. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure out how do you control your own destiny going forward yeah, rather, that's, rather than de- being dependent on these third parties. That's exactly what was hitting me in my, in, in the gut because now, you know, it, it's, it's an amazing thing to take people to the cloud, and it truly, in my heart of hearts, I believe it's the right thing to do, and it makes the most sense for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. But it's a little freaky and scary to wonder, you know, what control do I really have over that information? What can I or what can I do to protect my client and to protect myself? Right, right. So I started thinking, well, i got to find some other way to do this, and it's got to be more in my control. So a year ago, August… I um, and to be honest, I I tried to work with this company. We tried to help them to give them some suggestions and ideas and things that we thought would help them get a right. stable or better environment. And that really, to no end, didn't happen. So I started looking. Um, and again, getting people on and getting people off the cloud is not as easy as it sounds. Once they're there, it's great, but the move is is a true full migration, especially if you do it properly and you give them their own desktops and their own NK2 files and everything yeah. else that goes along with it. So we started looking, and I found a company called Cloud Nation. And I started well, actually, I found like eight different companies. Yeah, yeah. Some are still around, some aren't. And I started talking to them, and we started testing them and demoing them like any other good IT provider would do, making sure that he's going to put his money where his mouth is this time for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And look, understand, I didn't go into that business to begin with not believing everything was going to be amazing. Right. Of course. Of <laughs> that course. was the plan. Yeah. We all do that. <laughs> no will will intended, right? Yep. So – I started testing this company called Cloud Nation, and you know they just had done it right, man. They just had the environment was set up on Amazon. They're using um, either terminal services or mainly um, ZenApp, um, Citrix front end. Okay. It was built out and had uh, redundancy in both the East Coast and the West Coast because of the benefits of Amazon. You could basically pick and choose, you know, where you want to put your DAG servers or your backup exchange servers, things of that nature. And we started testing it by putting a few clients on it because okay. yeah, now I'm gun shy, so I'm going to make sure that we're going to test the heck out of it. Yeah, I was I was going to say, tell me a little bit about the the end user experience as you're going along here. You you described a lot of great technologies on the back end, but as the end user, am I feeling good about that front end experience? Oh my god, amazing! Well, compared to what they were using, we used a V Workspace front end client, uh-huh. which is just a clunky old. It loses communication. It has uh, a, a lot of issues with protocol. So it drops packets. And when you do that, the printer communication drops, which means you then have to log all the way out of your virtual desktop and log back in, which was one of the biggest issues that my clients were facing. They were wasting a lot of time restarting their virtual desktop to get the printers to work. Right. And that's just not a productive environment. Here, you know, you log in with the Citrix ZenApp and it just finds all your printers. If you've got six screens, it'll display across six screens. Um, just an amazing, fast, fast experience. Everybody I've shown it to, to this date, I've not had one person complain to tell me this is horrible or slow or, oh my God, this isn't amazing. Right, right. So, so you know, you, you, you check out this solution, you fall in love with it, you really think this is a great solution, but, but there's a difference between falling in love with something and then actually owning it. How, how do you go to the next stage of actually buying it and acquiring it and now controlling the destiny of it? 
Yeah, so it's a great question because <laughs> I, I'm thinking, am I going to just put my stuff here? Right. Am I just going to park everything here and trust that this is going to be great? Or am I going to be able to actually get to a point where I can run it and manage it myself? Right. So in the beginning, you know, we, we, we really tested it a, a lot. I mean, I didn't even consider an acquisition until I think we started talking in like, I don't know, maybe June okay. of, this, uh, of this year. June so, of 2014. June of 2014. So we're talking August 2013. I probably started talking to him in June, July of 2013. Wow. So you're talking basically a year of understanding it, making sure it's real, you know, checking, checking them out, making sure that everything worked properly, putting clients actually on it and running them right. and, and, and looking at the difference. I even took um, two clients off of the current provider and moved them to the Cloud Nation environment. And, and just an amazing, an amazing revelation of oh my god, this is where we should have been in the first place. So this is pretty neat because you basically got to beta test a buyout. <laughs> yep, I, I actually, you know, funny, I did, I did yeah. beta test a buyout. That's exactly what happened. So all this is going on, you know, I'm looking at um, um, getting out of the online data backup business and going and just changing my environment to be more in the virtual environment of of online uh, virtual desktops and virtual servers and just virtual environments. Right. Living in what I've always thought to be the true end result is why don't we just live in a disaster recovery, always on, always accessible environment, right. anytime, right. anywhere, any device. I do it on my iPhone. I connect to my desktop all the time. Yep. So long story short, uh, um, we started talking and the uh, the current owner – um, was uh, basically looking to move on. Yeah. You know, he he had really worked, and and, and I'll I won't mention names, so I'll just tell you. Basically, he worked really really hard, built a great environment with a few other people that um um, and they basically I guess had some differences. Um, and the owner's name is Robert, and he decided that you know his wife basically told him, I think you need to get a real job because this isn't making any money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Steve Furman comes along and he starts loading up his clients from one provider to now what right. he has acquired, building it for himself, beta testing as you put it. Yeah, yeah. And it starts turning profitable, but he's already committed and has taken a job elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I made the – well, I sold my backup business in March, which gave me some, some extra capital. Oh, great. Um, okay. I sold it to a company called uh, J2 Keep It Safe. Um, yep. We are still selling online data backup. We're still using the same software. We just don't run the back end anymore. Got it. Got it. And, and I won't lie. We got paid some cash, which doesn't hurt. That, that's always <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing. That's always right? a nice thing to leave the room with. That's fantastic. So, so um, tell me, you know, obviously, you know the technology inside now. You got to to really uh, run hard on on this system, and you were impressed with it. But but for our listeners who are thinking about doing acquisitions, um, without getting again into the dollars and cents of it all, did you have to do any type of business discovery to make sure that you were comfortable with with the Cloud Nation brand and and, and the market? It, et cetera, et cetera, or were you just feeling, I, I know this market and, and let's get this deal done? Well, I had the benefit of been, you know, doing it for over five years at the time, you know, yeah. four and a half, almost five years. So that, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. We did, believe it or not, four and a half months of due diligence, yep. even with the, with my knowledge, because even though, you know, look, the reality is there's always a rock that's left unturned and maybe sure. on purpose, maybe not on purpose. Right. Um, we basically got what we thought we were getting. So we did Great. pretty good. Great. There was a few things that, you know, really could have been a little bit more um, – uh, on the surface, but for the most part, I got exactly what I bargained for. Um, I got a really good deal. The CTO who built the company, Robert, is on with us for two years to stay right. and help us 
grow it. Um, it is a reseller-based business, so we are working with the resellers. Um, and my computer business is basically a reseller of, of, of Cloud Nation. That's fantastic. So, so without revealing the answers you got, because I again I don't want to uh, put anyone in 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 an awkward spot. At least tell me a little bit about the questions a, a buyer should be asking as they're doing discovery. What are the questions you always want to ask when you're making a potential acquisition and looking at the target? So this is my first acquisition. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot. <laughs> selling <laughs> selling is a lot different than buying. That's yeah. for sure. Um, you know. You really got to check the the EBITDA, make sure that they're they're a profitable business, and make sure that not that anybody's cooking or not cooking their books, but make sure that the information you're getting um, can be validated from a number of different ways and and sources, not just from what they give you. Okay. Um, you really got to make sure the technology you're buying is um, not only tested and functions, but here's something that we didn't think about, which. You know, thank God I've got enough engineers to handle it. You know, patches and updates. Sure. Um, making sure if you're going to buy a bunch of virtual servers, we've got a couple hundred virtual servers. That's all well and good. What's been the patch schedule? What's been the updates? You know, have they been modifying them? Or is there any actual hardware involved versus everything in a virtual environment as well? Because sometimes yep. Yep. you'll have some stuff in the data center and some stuff in Amazon, for instance. And if you think you're buying an Amazon business, you are. But if you've got some of it left in a data center elsewhere, that's something to consider. Right. So you've sure. got to migrate all that information. Yep. Yep. And, you know, do you really have the support staff to manage it or are you going to be acquiring their support staff the employees are um you know huge in the company we were lucky that there was no actual employees in this acquisition so it was pretty clean it was um just a contract employee got it okay okay so so, so when did you actually do the deal when when was it official that you became or or your organization became owner of cloud nation october 1st well, congratulations. We're a little late. I'm sorry we didn't talk to you the day it happened. But um, so, so here we are, roughly, give or take, two months later. How's it going so far, two months in? We are uh, we're, we're like one-armed paper hangers. We're good. It, 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 and I say that laughingly because it's, it's a good thing. We are, we are uh, quite busy migrating our, our existing clients, the balance of what right. uh, we have left over. Right. We've um, really dug in and contacted all of the existing clients who were well underserved and are extremely ecstatic to have us on board and get fast response, and, and they're really appreciative of our engineers. We have a, a, a really tight SLA that we like to stick to, and they're enjoying that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been great. <laughs> it's been really, really good. It, it's weird. I haven't had time to sit back and go, wow, right. the company. Yeah. And that's yeah. not really happened for me yet, that aha moment. I mean, I know it. I feel it. I see it every day, but I haven't stopped back. To enjoy it because I'm just so full steam ahead. I want to make this the best company in the world. So well, that's that's the best approach. You know, I often speak with people about IPOs, and they always remind me, "Hey, an IPO is not a destination. It's just a milestone, and and we've got a lot of work to do." And and I think you're in a similar boat here. You've you've made a great acquisition, but uh, it's just a milestone, and boom, now it's time to really build it out. So yep. gr- great to hear about the progress. Tell me a little bit about. Uh, let's assume I'm an end user. Okay, uh, let's assume I I own a small business. Um, you've described a little bit of this, but but tell me the bigger picture. I own that small business. Let's say I have got about 25 employees, uh, which means maybe 25 seats or PCs, lots of tablets, lots of smartphones. What is it that Cloud Nation can do for my small business ultimately? Well, we can help you get rid of that server closet with the servers in it and the rack and the IT guy that comes in to manage it basically mm-hmm. uh, will forklift your applications. And we test everything. There's a few 
um, hybrid environments where it's an old antiquated application that just won't run on anything newer. Um, I'm not going to spin up an XP environment in the cloud because you're just asking for disaster. So if you've got an app that runs on XP only, (laughs) you're going to keep that one locally. Right, right. But but basically what we'll do is we're going to help you trade a a capital expense for an operating expense. Mm -hmm. We're going to empower you and your employees to work anytime anywhere over any device over any connection and that includes all your devices and these days byod everybody's bringing their own devices i don't i don't really sell much hardware anymore in my computer business because everyone's bringing their own right right which is fine so we're going to help you get better control over those devices better control over that data and that information by kicking it off of those devices and all they have is a window you know if you will into where everything lives and you can turn that on and off at will and you can secure it Right, right. Now, this is trolling it. This is great for day to day business, but I also, you know, I think you started this conversation talking about Hurricane Sandy. And correct me if I'm wrong, you're in New Jersey, right? Oh, I am. Yeah. So, so you literally were in the eye of the storm. Your customers were in the eye of the storm. Let's, for our listeners, paint the picture. How would you have handled the recovery during Sandy versus now how you can handle it Cloud Nation? Because I, I think, if I could summarize, basically, if, going back to my small business example with 25 employees, if we were all working from home or all working from a hotel, basically, we just got to get connectivity to that Amazon server and we're up and running, correct? Uh, true. And ironically, during uh, Hurricane Irene and Hurricane Sandy, we had people in the cloud already. Remember, right. we've been doing this right. for almost six years now. And a good example is an insurance broker uh, in Manhattan at 140 mm-hmm. Broadway, Right. Um, you know, not too far from where, where the power lines were basically, where the phone lines, the internet lines, everything was buried in the tunnels or in the, you know, in, in the path where everything came to their building. So they're on the 26th floor. They're dry as a bone. Right. But there's nine feet of water through the tunnels that control all of their power and their oh. internet and everything, right? Yep. So for 47 days, they couldn't go to their office. Well, they could. Yeah. They could walk in and grab files and leave, but they couldn't log on. They couldn't do anything. Mm. He, him and all of his employees uh, work remotely uh, for that time and never missed a beat, was never down. And also, another one was Hoboken. Uh, Malaysian Charter School is a, a small charter school that has, I think, I don't know, four or five employees. But still, they're a charter school. When we got hit with Hurricane um, Irene, it was just before the opening of school because remember it was late summer, right? Right. So they actually got their school up and running and open on time because Hoboken was underwater basically. Right. Um, and all the other schools in Hoboken started I think two weeks late because yeah. they didn't have the benefit of being in the cloud. So the big difference really is you can go anywhere and get on the – use your data. If you've got cell data, you can connect to the cloud. You can connect yeah. your data. You can run your business. Yeah. So it truly mobilizes your workforce. It gives you total independence as well as it gives you total control over your information. And, and I want to just throw one thing out there because this is a huge concern these days is security. Yeah. And look, let's be fair. You know, It's a connected world. It's not like the old days when you wanted to call somebody. You had to spin a dial and sparks flew off it, right? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't remember, that's how it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure play- we've got a few millennials saying, spin what? What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, you actually had a rotary dial and it made sparks and that, that sent the signal across this long copper wire to your friend. Anyway, um, security is is really about doing the right things and using the right providers and making sure they're using the right the right um, things to protect you. And that means a multitude of different ways. It doesn't just mean that you have your data you know, at rest encrypted and 
in transit encrypted, you need to have multiple passwords. You need to have right. different authentications. You need to have different points of security. You need to ha- have processes in place. It's a whole slew of things. It's like I tell people, if you want to buy stuff online, have another email address that's not your normal one that you use and change your password probably every 25 days, every 30 days. Right, right. You know, just a simple thing you could do to really protect yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, w- one final question for you regarding Amazon. Um What's it like to be working essentially with Amazon as a partner? Do you, do you feel like they're uh, they're responsive? Do you feel good about having workloads in the Amazon cloud? Tell me about the relationship. That's actually a great question because one of my biggest fears was this conglomerate, this monster. Yeah. Is, look at my little piddly self with you know twelve hundred desktops, fifteen hundred desktops. Like who are you? And they have actually been amazing. Um, they are they answer the re- if you put in a support ticket, I get yep. answer back in like twenty minutes. Wow. Um, they have some really cool tools, things like total cost of ownership tools to help you understand what you're spending your money on and how to help you save money and things you can do like buying reserved instances versus you know, the elastic storage or storing your data in Glacier, which is a lower spun down, sm- slower disk mm-hmm. section. So they really go out of their way to help you. It's a – I won't lie. It's a hard um, – it's a hard environment to navigate, to get to learn, to truly understand because it is so Goliath. Yeah. It's just so monumental. But um, they are really good to work with as partners so far. They've been great. I have no complaints. Oh, that's great to hear. So, Steve, uh, I hope uh, you can make a promise to me. And here's the promise. Um, it'll be one year in October 1st, 2015, since you bought out the company. Will you come back on the show at that point and tell us uh, how, the, how the first year went owning Cloud Nation and how you built it out? That sounds like a great plan. I'd love to, Joe. That sounds fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking us uh, through the deal and telling us a little bit about the the journey so far. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. It's always nice talking to you. Same here. And thanks again to our sponsor. From startup to sale, reach out to attorney at law Matthew Brenneman at BrennemanLawFirm.com. That's BrennemanLawFirm.com. And remember to join us every Tuesday night at 9.01 p.m. Eastern for Good Evening IT Entrepreneurs. I'm Joe Panateri, signing off for AfterNines.com. 